Hey everyone, welcome to The Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than waiting for your coffee maker to stop beeping so you can start recording. Um, I'm Mitch, and joining me tonight is Matt, Hello. Tabitha, Hello. and Lydia. Hello. So if you like your uh, coffee like you like your podcasts, be sure to uh, subscribe to us on Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well. what, ready in an instant? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Podbean, iTunes, or Google Play. Uh, any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. I have a concern. Who gave us a microphone? I don't know. You're going to have to email us and find out. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, originally Ticket, but I guess not Seth gave us this particular microphone, so you can blame him. I don't know where my pen went. It's been a minute since you dropped your pen. No. Well, I, bought, I dropped my cap like last week. Oh. <laughs> So you talk part of your pen. Yeah. Got it. So, anyway. Uh, as we mentioned last week, uh, we're taking July off, so this will be our last episode for a month. Uh, we'll use the time to not only recharge ourselves, but to also do some behind-the-scenes work. Uh, we'll still pop up on social media from time to time when something cool comes up. Speaking of, Spider-Man Far From Home comes out on Tuesday, which is a weird day. Yeah, it is a weird yeah. day. I normally work Tuesday nights, and like... I'm too broke to take the night off work. So you can't go? Here's the thing. I've already looked at times. There's a couple of times that I can go before work, so I probably am going to do that. Okay. There you go. But a couple things to quickly touch on before we get started. The uh, first wave of Wizard World Chicago guests have been announced. I'm not going to list all of them, but just like a few of the noteworthy ones, um, which include uh, Jason Momoa, uh, Ben McKenzie, and Marina Baccarin from uh, Gotham, uh, Melissa Joan Hart, um, I'm not so secretly most excited about Melissa Joan Hart right now. <laughs> um, George Went from Cheers, OBS, Carrie Elwes, Dean Kane, Katrina Law, um, and Lisa Marie Varon. And Wizard World uh, Chicago, well, it's Chicago, but it comes to Rosemont August 22nd through the 25th. Also got a little bit of news from the Springfield Comics Expo, which that is going to be held um, August uh, 10th and 11th this year. So All American Collectibles uh, is going to organize a gaming event uh, throughout the convention. There will be a Magic the Gathering standard on Saturday and a Pokemon standard on Sunday. Both events start at 11 and there is a $5 entry fee for each. Uh, all, all American Collectibles will also have demos and tutorials all weekend. Cool. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's, it's awesome to see that uh, that con kind of build itself up a little yeah. bit. So. All right, so one of the big things that came out uh, this past week was that DC announced that they are discontinuing their imprints, DC Zoom, DC Inc., as well as uh, Vertigo. Yeah. Which uh, a lot of people are uh, upset about that. Vertigo's been around since 93. It's been, um, it's more of like a creator-owned imprint from DC. And I'm, a lot of people, I'm sure, don't even realize that the two are related. Are the same. Those are... Going away in favor of uh, DC Kids, which is aimed at readers 8 to 12. The central DC label. And um, then also DC Black label is going to stick around. But instead of being an imprint, it's going to just have more mature material for readers 17 and older. Pop-ups like Young Animal, Sandman Universe, Wonder Comics, that kind of thing. um, They're going to continue, but they don't really know if they're going to continue as their own their own thing or if they're going to be incorporated into whatever stage or whatever okay. DC they fit in. They did also say that DC is going to continue publishing creator-owned and co-owned projects, but now they're going to be classified by one of the three 
uh, labels as opposed to its own imprint. So, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I I understand the people who are upset about Vertigo going away, but this kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does kind of make sense. You know? It does suck just because, like, so many big titles came out of Vertigo. Like, yeah. Why the Last Man, um, Fables came from Vertigo. You know, like, so it's, it's I guess, for nostalgia's sake or whatever, it, it sucks, but... It also gives them the opportunity to build Black Label into something, I hate to put it this way, but useful. Yeah. I mean, aside from, you know, because it has not... It has not become what they said it would be. Oh, not at all. So, I mean, this maybe is an opportunity to kind of do that. Because, like, Black Label is kind of along the same lines as what Vertigo has always been. Like, that darker, more mature material. Mm-hmm. Um, but this will include the regular DC roster as well as, you know, those old Vertigo titles. Yes, thank you. We've got a lot of books that we had a chance to look over. A lot of these are coming out next month. That's why I wanted to talk about more than just one or two like we normally mm. do. But before we get to that, there was we got a, a press release from Fantoons. It's an animation studio and book publisher. Um, they are coming out with a Frank Zappa coloring book. <laughs> uh, I've got some of the artwork for you guys to check out. It's going to be released on November uh, November 5th. And it's illustrated by artists who are fans of Frank Zappa themselves. So, okay. Yeah. You know, when I saw this come through our email, I was like, really? And then I opened it, and I'm like, I kind of want it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that just sounds awesome, especially for somebody as out there as Frank Zappa uh-huh. was. Mm-hmm. You know, this is kind of like just right up, right in that, you know, field house or whatever. But yeah, it's going to have 72 brand new illustrations celebrating Frank Zappa, so... It's yeah, a pretty hefty comic book too, or coloring book too. Yeah, mm-hmm. as a trend, I was ne- I never I didn't get into adult coloring books. No, you know if they would have wanted them to bring me less stress, they would have put them in like spiral binding because like not being able to lay them flat gives me more anxiety. <laughs> and like I'm one of those colors. Like if I start on something and I screw it, I start at the beginning of a color a coloring book, and if I screw up a page, I have to completely disregard the that existence of that page and go to the next page. I've been like that since I was a kid, so I have, like, a ton of half-finished, like, coloring books all over my house. part of the way through. It's very annoying. They give me more anxiety than less anxiety. <laughs> and plus, like, especially with the adult ones, because, like, they're so small. I know. Like, no, like, that that does not give me less anxiety. Like, <laughs> you're almost... It, it, you're going to color outside the lines just because you have no choice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the illustrations are too detailed to be able to do that exactly. well. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, like I said, we got a ton of comic books to talk about. Uh, the first one that I wanted to bring up was actually something that I had noticed, or I, I had found out about it a while back, but then, but then it finally was released this past week. It's from Absolute Comics Group. It's called Amped. Um, it's written by Brian Augustin with art by Pasquale Qualano. Um, and it's uh, basically it's about six people with uh, varying disabilities. Uh, two of them were in accidents. Uh, one was born with dwarfism. One with spina bifida. One with ALS, and one with, with uh, spinal stenosis. And then, with the help of neural links to androids, they're able to basically become superheroes. Nice. Interesting concept. I like where they're going with it. This first issue was very short, uh, and a lot of the issue is 
the doctor who's telling his, well, I think there are like his investors or whatever about the project, um, but it doesn't really, you don't really see that much of the characters themselves, hmm. you know, of the of the core team. Uh, there, it does have like six pages of character bios, which is it's good to know. But at the same time, it's kind of like. Well, I want to. I want to see this stuff. I don't want to read about it. Right. right. But, uh, but yeah. But I mean, it's it's definitely it's cool to see something more inclusive. Uh, I'm definitely going to be looking out for issue two. So this next one, I know Tabitha was so excited about this one. This is uh, this book actually came out last month, but it is a Pride Month spotlight title from Oni Press. It's uh, called Dream Daddy: A Dad Dating Simulator. It's based off of the game of the same name, where in the game, the player, uh, as a player, you try to find a single dad to woo, I guess. <laughs> um, and this book features those same characters. Um, Tabitha, I, since you were so, so excited about it, why don't you tell me a little bit about it? This was fantastic. I, like, it was, the way it was set up is it was basically four, four separate comics in an anthology, um, each one being about one or two of the dad options from the game the first one was by far my favorite the second one was kind of weird there was like a vampire thing going on not sure about that one i can't remember there was another one about the third one was the commercial yeah there was one about a commercial being filmed there goes mitch's pen and then the (laughs) final one was about um a school project that kind of like goes awry this was adorable and cute and fun and i i don't need to play this game but now i kind of want to (laughs) But you also, you already have... I do! You have your dream daddy picked out. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine actually logged into the game for me and like played through like a round of like questions that they can ask you, and it like matches you with a dad, and I got matched with Hugo. <laughs> me and Hugo forever. But yeah, I, uh, I didn't read the whole thing. I read the first three stories. Yeah, I thought, I thought that the humor in it was... I mean, a lot of it was kind of like right up my alley. Mm-hmm. I, like I'm, I'm because it was dad humor, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and how you know they replaced things like you know, like Facebook was called Bad Book. Yeah. Um, there was there was another one I forgot what it was, but there was another one that kind of like that where you know they replaced part of the name with dad just to yeah. kind of fit in. But yeah, I it was I had a feeling that it was going to be I don't know if campy is the right yeah. word, but yeah. I, I agree. That second story with the vampire was... That was a lot odd for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, the other three were great. The first one was by far my favorite. It yeah. was just precious and adorable. Well, the first one was more... I'm, I'd say probably the first one was the most realistic yeah, of the three. for sure. You know? Because yeah. the, the one with the commercial, I mean, yes, it was funny and, you know, everything, but, like, they they went out there a little bit with <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. But, they were doing too much. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, Dream Daddy, in stores now. Check it out. Um, <laughs> Vote for Hugo. <laughs> I don't know, I think Hugo was in that third story, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a little stuck up. Have you met me? <laughs> Fair. So, <laughs> um, so the next one is, and I know that we, I think we were all excited to see this one come up, uh, it's uh, the Ballad of Yaya Volume Two, and this doesn't come out until July 10th, so we're not going to um, not going to give away too many details. But uh, yeah, this was a great follow up to Volume One. Yeah. I I enjoyed seeing more of the interaction between Yaya and um, and the uh, the pigeon's name or what's people, the pigeon? People. People. Yes, thank you. And also, we kind of get to see 
a little bit more of the dynamic between those two characters. Same thing, I think we talked about this with Volume 1, mm. how we got to the end and we were like, but wait, <laughs> where's the <laughs> but wait, yeah. And like, holy cliffhanger, Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, this one gave you... Okay, this one I feel like gave you at least a little bit more, I guess, closure to this portion of the story than the first one did. Like, the first one really just left you dying to find find out what happened. Mm-hmm. This one, like, you know that there's more coming, and you want to know what's going to happen, but I'm not, like, you know, on the edge of my seat, you know, to know what happens. I'm excited to know what happens, but it's not that same kind of cliffhanger. So I kind of appreciate that, because we did. We, like, I know we were all like that. We're like, no! What are you doing? Can't be over! What did you two think? I love this just as much as I love the first one. Um... I just need the next one now. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. It it still reminds me a lot of like reading an anime, like not not a, mm-hmm. not a manga, mm-hmm. like an actual animated mm-hmm. thing. Just the way it reads is so alive in that way. And then I love at the end where it basically is like, hey. Here's where the characters are at. What's gonna happen next? <laughs> Find out next time. And right. it like ends like a TV show would. Yeah. And I love it so much. And it did, and it also kind of started off like a TV show, mm-hmm. and like, you know, like, hey, here's a quick recap yep. of what, you know, but, uh, but yeah. So like I said, that comes out uh, July 10th, also from, uh, from Lion Forge, uh, coming out July 24th, is, uh, Irina Volume 1, Wartime Ghetto. Uh, this is, um, based on a true story, uh, about the, uh, life of Irina, um, Cinderloa. Basically, uh, this takes place in World War Two, and... Irina is a uh, Polish woman who helps save countless Jewish children from the Jewish ghetto. Mm. Uh, I didn't get it. I came very close. I was trying to finish this book before we before we had to get started, and I'm so close to the end. But oh man, like I should have known that it was going to be sad. Yeah, right. Dealing with World War Two, <laughs> but like I came the closest to crying. Over a comic book than I have in a very long time. Yeah. yeah, this was this was a hard read. I mean, it was a good read, but it was a hard read. And I had I had one particular moment which like I had to stop and take a breath um, because and, and I don't know maybe like I knew going in that this was going to be about her like because I read the little intro about her and you know helping kids, but. There was that moment in the middle where I, I did. I just about lost it. I think I know which moment you're talking about. Mm-hmm. See, I feel dumb because I didn't really understand what it was going into it. I was just like, okay, I have to need to read this and mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about. And okay, the art's a little wonky. It's kind of childish. And bam, Nazi Germany. What? <laughs> 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 like it caught me so off guard, and I was just enthralled from then on. That's like, most of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I did really appreciate the. It was very early on. Um, it was like the timeline. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I was of, actually just going to bring that of, up yeah. of everything mm-hmm. and how things played out. Yeah, played out and escalated? how yeah escalated mm-hmm. and, con- and constricted. Yeah, and how quickly it all yes. yeah, progressed very quickly. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a history person. I never have been. 
So, like, I knew that this was a situation that happened during World War II, but I didn't, like, I didn't really grasp all of it. So that that in particular was really helpful for me mm-hmm. to like pull pull me into this even farther than I was. Yeah, yeah, I I do like and it's one of those like books that it, it's important you know like when you see these kinds of like historical graphic novels you know the that come out and you know and, and I, I know some of them are done better than others, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that yeah this one is definitely. I, I'd like to think that this was going to end up being like one of the more important ones, the ones that you know people talk about. You know, like mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the, the, and I'm using this parallel just because it, this also takes place in World War II, but like Mouse, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I can definitely see this being one of those books that just like that people will continue to talk about for years yeah. down the road. But yeah, if nothing else, just because of the heartbreaking moments in it, mm-hmm. which again, were- World War II, you're gonna have those. <laughs> Uh, the last one that I want to talk about is actually it's one that we talked about. I th- I know for sure the first issue, but I think mm-hmm. the first two issues of uh, Fearscape from uh, Vault Comics. So this was the collected uh, uh, the trade paperback collected uh, first edition. Um, so we got the whole story. Uh, I I think I remember saying this when we read the first mm-hmm. issue or two. Uh, that I think that this is one of those stories that is best read yeah. all at once when you're not having to wait a month between issues. And I was right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. And I really, like, and I, cause it had been a while since we read the first uh, couple issues. So I, I started at the beginning. I, I read the whole mm-hmm. thing, which I was kind of flirting with the idea of just skipping ahead to where which, where we had where, stopped, yeah. you know, and I did just get caught up. But, like, I like that I did that because I was able to appreciate some of the humor in that first issue mm-hmm. with, uh, <clears throat> with Henry and seeing how much of a... Even though, like, he makes fun of the reader for it, but how much of a unreliable narrator he is, yep. mm-hmm. you know. Um, I will say this with this book, and I don't know if it's a criticism of the book or not, but like Henry as the narrator, like that man is wordy AF. Oh yeah, he is absolutely. <laughs> and like, and he throws out these huge, like, you know, huge, you know, twelve dollar words, you know, like, <laughs> but at the same time. He's an author. Mm-hmm. He would do that. You know, he, of course, he's going to be pompous. No offense. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but, of, but of course, he's going to think that, you know, he's better than the reader. No offense. <laughs> I feel like I should take exception here. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but like, I, I kind of like that kind of clicked. I, because I think it was maybe like chapter three or something. I'm like, just kind of like, oh my God, like, dude, like, Get on with it. Get on with it. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, I at the risk of me sounding like an idiot, but like, this is a comic book. I shouldn't be reading this much in a comic <laughs> book. But then I was like, yeah, he would do that, though. Yeah. He would absolutely do that. So it's like, so yeah, I don't think that it is a criticism, because it's like, that is that character. Yeah. I, that was one of my gripes, I remember, from the first issue, was that he was so pretentious. There I go, using, you know, author-type words. Sorry. Um, no, you're not. <laughs> Um, but he had that mentality about him, and uh, that really irritated me reading the first issue. Mm-hmm. Having reread it as part of the whole, like the whole first part first arc, it makes more sense and it fits better with the character. Um, it's not as off putting to me as it was reading just that solo issue. Mm-hmm. And I don't really feel like it was because I've read the first issue, but just because there you got to see more of his journey. 
that things kind of made a little bit more sense stylistically, like you said, with like how wordy he is. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, see, I was going to use another author word there. So, um, but <laughs> <laughs> unintentional. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it fits the character. And I, I didn't quite get through all of this, um, but I do definitely want to see how this finishes. I know, Lydia, you read part of it, too. Yeah, and this is one of the ones that I didn't get around to reading when we got them in just issues, so this was completely new to me. And like you said, it is very wordy, and that kind of caught me off guard at first. But I like that it's wordy. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of things like this that try to kind of like break that fourth wall and go full narrator on you, and it either gets like super campy really quick, or they kind of forget that they're supposed to be telling you what's going on. And he's just like, look... Here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. Oh, by the way, you don't need to see this. Um, we'll just cut that out, and we're going to ignore that uh, <laughs> asthma attack that I just had on that page for continuity's sake. Okay, continue. And and one of the things, too, that he does is a few times where it's like he'll kind of cut off a character yes. speaking and like insert like what he wanted them to say. That is, I believe, out now. Let's go ahead and get into gut reaction. One of the things that I think I'm going to try to do during our break, and we'll see if it actually happens because, you know, I have a lot of pipe dreams, uh, <laughs> is to actually come up with some kind of, like, intro for gut reaction. Is it going to be, like... An, an echo? echo. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, we're going to start with you and talk about Flash Gordon. So, Flash Gordon is getting a movie. It's going to be an animated movie? It It's kind of a little, like, it's one of those things, like, there's news, but there's nothing, like, a whole lot... Like, solid about it. Um, but Deadline is saying that Taika Waititi, from, who directed Ragnarok, is going to be involved. They haven't said exactly how, whether it's going to be directing, executive producing, but they're hoping basically by including Waititi um, and his ability to work with source material and like some of the stuff that he did with Ragnarok, um, that he'll be able to continue that visual flair uh, for whatever they end up doing for Flash Gordon. I don't know a whole lot about Flash Gordon. I have never actually seen the original movie. And I know I've said this on numerous occasions that Thor Ragnarok was my least favorite Thor movie, but I do appreciate what, what TD did with the film. So um, I'm going to go thumb sideways with this project and see where it goes. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go thumb sideways as well. Uh, I think... I think he is one of the best pe- people to be on this kind of project because mm. Flash Gordon is just kind of like, it's an interesting character. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, Lydia. I'm kind of indifferent to this whole thing, so I'm just going to go with them sideways. Definitely. I love the original Flash Gordon movie because it is a terrible movie. That's one of the ones we should use for... <laughs> yeah, there it is. All right. So <clears throat> when, we, when we come back, we're going to do that one. Okay, perfect. Don't worry. I have a copy. <laughs> <laughs> Good, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> um, so having an animated version of this kind of disappoints me a little bit because I feel like you're going to lose the kind of like bad, campy, I don't know. Acting? Yeah, like <laughs> I'm only like going to get voice acting. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm sideways. Tabitha, let's talk about David Tennant and Netflix. So David Tennant is all anybody needs to know. Um, <laughs> you're, but not, you're not wrong. In the new 2019 obsession with true crime netflix is rolling out a new true crime uh anthology series called criminal so far there's not a lot going on i don't know if you guys got to watch the very little trailer that they released for it it's 
there's no words. It looks like an interrogation room, and then random people come across the screen, including David Tennant and Haley Atwell, and they're being their mugshots are being taken, and we all just carry on. So it's twelve separate episodes that take place in countries all over, all over the world. It's not just one series. It's individual episodes. So people won't be continuing on. They'll literally just be in their episode. They're playing this one really close to the chest. There's not a lot out there. My my assumption is that they're probably just going to like randomly drop this because there there's some big names in this show. Mm. Um, I'm giving this a thumbs up. We've realized that Netflix can basically do it wrong at this point. And you have, once again, like I said, David Tennant. Haley Atwell walked across the screen. I was like, okay, fine. Sign me up. I'm good. So, thumbs up. Matt. I mean, as much as I don't true crime, um, if you're going to put David Tennant in a series like this, um, I'm interested. Um, So, I'm going to go thumbs up. I'm going to go thumbs up, um, but I really, 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 really hope that they use Smooth Criminal for the theme song. Lydia. (laughs) You would. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thumbs up. Netflix and David Tennant. Yeah, sign me up. So uh, take this one with a grain of salt, but rumor is that Michael B. Jordan is going to be in the next Matrix movie, and it's going to be directed by the Wachowskis. Uh, it's going to, production is going to be begin in Chicago in early 2020. So we know that Tabitha is going to randomly move to Chicago in early 2020. You said his name wrong. It's Michael Bay Jordan. I, you did. <laughs> I was going to let it slide, but that obviously wasn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead. I'll give this a thumb sideways. Um, I know that the first Matrix was wildly popular, and then the quality just kind of plummeted from there. But Michael Bay Jordan can do no wrong, so <laughs> maybe if anybody is able to save the, uh, save the franchise, I think it would probably be him. Uh, Lydia? Uh, yeah, I'm also going to go thumb sideways, just because of the kind of descending quality of the movies. Tap them. Oh, was it my turn? Um, yeah, I was thinking about packing for Chicago. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the descent of the Matrix movies was upsetting at best, but um, Michael Bay Jordan, he can literally do no wrong. Like, I'd watch him watch paint dry, so thumbs up. <laughs> Matt. I know the Wachowskis are back involved, um, and like we said, you know, Michael Bay Jordan is, uh, you know, can do no wrong. Um, but I just... I, I question whether this is even necessary. You watch your mouth. Um, not him, just the project. Um, so thumbs sideways. Um, moving on. <laughs> to, <laughs> moving on before Tabitha murders somebody. Is that, that No, okay. I'm just being enraged. <laughs> also, you like almost unplugged the uh, microphone, so Sorry. we're going to move this. That was just oh, a rage. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, a rage shake. <laughs> So how I'm going to put that down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Separate category. We're slowly getting new categories for this thing. Subcategories. I'm going to need a more aggressive bell for a rage. <laughs> <laughs> that can be your project for a month off. Okay, perfect. Find a, find a rage bell. On it. <laughs> it's just my voice going, ring, ring, ring. <laughs> you accidentally start doing that at work. <laughs> I would just literally be sitting at my desk all day in my office, my rang, rang, rang. Lydia, uh, let's talk about uh, Final Fantasy. Yeah, so apparently uh, Sony is partnering up with Square Enix to develop a live-action Final Fantasy TV series based on Final Fantasy uh, 14 or is it 15? 14. 14. 14. That's what I thought. 
There's not a whole lot known about it. It's basically just, hey, this is in the works. There's no plot line yet. There's no actors set. There's nothing really other than, hey, we're working on this. I'm a little concerned. Not only because uh, video game things have a bad reputation of being turned into TV or movie adaptations anyway, but just what I know of this game, because I have a couple friends that play it like religiously, so I've heard a lot about this game. I don't see how they could translate it from being a video game to a TV show. Say it's kind of like the Just Cause thing I talked about. I don't see how you can make a solid story out of what it is. So I'm going to go thumbs sideways, especially since it's live action. Mm -hmm. That especially concerns me. I feel like for a live action version of this game, especially on a TV show, you would need in a tremendous budget. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's not something they're going to get. So I agree with you. That makes me nervous. Thumb sideways. Matt, are there Chocobos? Because that might might make a difference. I'm still going to go thumb sideways. (laughs) (laughs) You know, think about that. I didn't think about that. I want Chocobos now. (laughs) You know, I'm actually, I'm just going to give this a thumbs down. Just because, yeah, like. To do live action, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that need to be done to make this good quality and not just, mm-hmm. you know, backyard with a handheld camera. <laughs> and if you do it with animation, yeah, you, you're able to get away with the bigger effects, mm-hmm. but then it's not much different than just the game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give this a thumbs down. Uh, speaking of adaptations, uh, we are getting a Minecraft uh, adaptation. It's going to set to release on March 4th, 2022. Um it is being written by um, Allison Schroeder, who was nominated for an Oscar for co-writing Hidden Figures. Uh, she is also uh, she also co-wrote Christopher Robin and is writing uh, Frozen Two. Giving this <laughs> one of these things and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm giving this a thumbs down. Um, no offense to um, Oscar nominee Allison Schroeder, but um, I don't. <laughs> what think... you doing, boo boo? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think that we need a Minecraft adaptation at all, uh, Lydia. I'm confused as to how she even got roped into something like this. Must have been. But no, a Minecraft adaptation is not something that we need at all. So thumbs down. Tabitha. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I am an old lady. But isn't Minecraft just like building things? And it's, like, there's there is like a I don't know if it's a story mode, but yeah, there is. There's a story. I didn't. Know I thought that. it was like dropping and clicking squares into places and to build things. Like, I mean, it's basically a pixelized isn't the right word, but it's blocks. There's a survival mode where you can build things and you have to harvest things and you have to avoid things in the terrain. But yeah, literally. Like, what is she writing? Like, Ted moved block A to block C. Like, but you forget <coughs> they made a movie about emojis. Right. But they can make a movie about Minecraft. I just oh god, it's not going to be a good movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> her Oscar nomination didn't get her out of this. Like, thumbs down. Like, I feel like she needs a hug or a drink. Or both. I mean, to be fair, uh, Telltale, when it was still around, um, did make a Minecraft, like, story game. So, I don't know. 
She's like, I wrote Hidden Figures. <laughs> I can Most, Minecraft. like, a wonderful, you know, award-winning film. I'm going to go make this Minecraft movie now. Like, But there are probably <laughs> figures hidden in the crafts no, of mine or whatever. No, no. Let's just stop talking. I'm not shaming him because I feel like it would reflect badly on her and she's having a bad enough time. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Matt... I, I definitely feel like this is like a she lost a bet kind of situation. <laughs> because, yeah, one of these things just doesn't belong here. I, what? And why Minecraft? I No, thumbs down. Um, Matt, let's um, let's walk to China. Better than digging a hole to China, I guess. We're going to need a boat. <laughs> <laughs> or at least a zombie. So there's going to be a few. The Walking Dead just won't die. I feel like we've said this before. We have, because they keep going. But they're getting a new comic book. It's going to be The Walking Dead Typhoon. It's going to be written by New York Times best-selling author Wesley Chu, uh, with art by Jasper Shaw and designs by Andreas Juarez. They are going to take the zombie apocalypse to China. It says Typhoon will follow Zhu and Elena, who are members of a wind team that aims to keep their settlement, the Beacon of Light, up and running. It will also test their quickening bond to each other as they are both torn between their love of home and family and their relationship with each other. I mean, it gives you the oppor- gives them the opportunity to in- explore how zombie apocalypse might affect other cultures. I just don't think that we need to be expanding. Like, I watched like two episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, and I was like, this is boring. So I've stuck with the main series, and that's enough for me. So thumbs down on this idea. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this a thumb sideways. I think I think if they want to do something different with The Walking Dead, like on TV, they should have done this instead of Fear the Walking Dead. Just because of what little bit I've... Because mm. I did... I watched the entire first season of Fear the Walking Dead, uh, just because like I didn't have to know a whole lot about mm. the main series. And so between that and what I do know of the you know of the the flagship series or whatever, like those two are very similar. Mm. You know, this sounds different, and yeah. it's kind of a shame that it's just going to be in comic book form. But whatever, uh, Lydia. I'm gonna go some sideways because yeah, I kind of feel like we're kind of petering out of Walking Dead being mm. a viable storyline. But I like the idea of kind of branching out and seeing what it would be like in other cultures. So. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Um, it would be interesting to see what it's like where they're not just walking across Middle America. But um, you said Wesley Chu, correct? Yeah. Okay, he he won the John W. Campbell Best New Writer Award in like 2015 or 2016. And then he keeps writing, if, I, if it's the same person I'm thinking about, and I think it is, um, he also ends up writing with other writers to write short stories for their, their short story collections based on their other novel series. Okay. He keeps popping yeah, up he has d- I, So that gives me some faith. So At least story-wise should yeah. be solid. So, bump sideways. Lydia, let's talk about The Current War. I didn't realize that this was apparently a movie that was, like, a thing in 2017. Um, it aired at the Toronto Film Festival in 2017. It didn't really go over too well, though. And it was supposed to release later that year, but apparently there were some issues with the company that owned it. They shelved it, and it got pulled down later by, I don't remember what company has it now, but uh, they basically took it and kind of fixed it a bit. 
And now it is going to release sometime this year. I don't remember when the date was. I don't know if the October, trailer said. Yeah. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. October something. But this surprisingly caught my attention. It's about uh, Thomas Edison and Tesla and Westinghouse uh, basically fighting to get electricity to the public. It looks really good. Like, casting even mm-hmm. is really good. There's... Um, Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Holland and I can't remember any other names, but there's some other people in there too. This isn't something that normally would catch my eye, but I really want to see this, so I am excited for actually seeing this see the light of day rather than just being put on a shelf after a bad film festival. So thumbs up. Or just the light of electricity. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> I was waiting on that pun. I just didn't know who was going to make it. This is right up my alley. I read a book one time about the, uh, the race for electricity, and it was basically this, this same story. So casting looks wonderful. Like It looks like the, like the time period piece is done really well. So thumbs up for this. Matt, this looks really cool, really interesting, um, and looks like it has not necessarily added some drama, but heightened the drama for like this situation, the scenario. So I'm going to go thumbs up. Um, yeah, I'm giving a thumbs up. Um, First off, I didn't even appreciate uh, the play on words in the title until I was about halfway through the trailer. <laughs> uh, my, and it's not a concern, but it was like something that I just kind of noticed. Like I and I, I get like Tom Holland is a lot younger than most of the cast, mm-hmm. but he looks really young in this. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it looks interesting. Um, but yeah, so yeah, thumbs up. Last thing for gut reaction, uh, Reebok is releasing a pair of shoes that. Is purposely mismatched. I said mismatched, and I didn't mean to. <laughs> You're so selfish. I know. <laughs> the left side is purple and green, which references Buzz Lightyear. Okay. The other one is um, made to look like Woody from Toy Story 4, obviously, because Buzz Lightyear <clears throat> also from Toy Story 4. Really? Yes. It's got uh, Woody's has black and white cow patterns on the side panel. panel. I'm not for sure if this is for kids or for adults. If it's for adults, uh, I'd be giving it a thumbs up because I would like to purchase this. <laughs> uh, if it is for kids, I'm giving it a thumbs sideways because I won't be able to purchase it. Lydia. So, I've gotten where I don't mind if my socks don't match, but I would not be okay walking around with two shoes that just do not look anything alike. I understand what they're going for here, but I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. Thumbs down. <laughs> Have I gone to work with one brown shoe and one black shoe on? Absolutely. Would I buy a pair of shoes that were like that on purpose? Absolutely not. <laughs> down. Matt, if this is for kids, they have a hard enough time matching shoes anyways. They don't need any assistance. Uh, so I'm going to go thumbs sideways just because it's still a kind of cute and clever idea. Um, speaking of things that are cute and clever, Tapta, let's talk about some Ro- the Romanovs. Aww. <laughs> I hope you're talking about me and not the dead family. Um. <laughs> I mean, I was talking about the dead family, but... Oh, I mean, I mean, they look cute and cuddly, too. It's fine. Um, <laughs> no, not really. So, not anymore. <laughs> oh, they have it for a very long time. Um, so... Evidently, every time I complain about something, it gets a docu-series on Netflix. <laughs> I don't know why this is my life, but here we are. Um, I, I feel like, though, if that was actually the case, there'd be a lot of Netflix docu-series about would. people you work with. <laughs> <laughs> 
you're not wrong. It would be very boring and have like one rating, and it would be me. <laughs> um, Netflix is releasing a show called The Last Czars. Um, it's going to tell the story of the end of the Romanov dynasty. It's, don't get it twisted, like this isn't going to be like The Crown or anything like that. It's basically going to be a documentary with reenactments strewn in. Obviously, Tsar Nicholas II, his family was killed in 1918, whatever, revolution. The way Netflix... (laughs) Yada yada revolution. Yada yada revolution, you know. Um, The way Netflix describes this, you know, they turn the dramatics up a little bit. Um, When social upheaval sweeps Russia in the early 20th century, Tsar Nicholas II resists change, sparking a revolution and ending a dynasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys got to watch the trailer for this at all that they dropped, but it, it does. It looks, it kind of, they, the way that make it look, it makes it look like the crown, but it's more like a documentary of the Romanov family. So it's going to be sad, brutal, and we're going to get re- watch Rasputin either die or not die like 50 <laughs> times. And so <laughs> Maybe they can make it like interactive too, like where he dies one time and then uh, No. Next. I mean, no, he adventure. literally like, you, you couldn't kill him, quote-unquote, for, like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) The premiere date, I think, is July 3rd. Don't quote me. Yes, it is. July 3rd. They're going to, obviously, do that docu-thing where they interview historians, all that kind of stuff. So this is definitely on my to-watch as soon as it debuts list, and I'm sure I'll have plenty of things to yell at the TV because (laughs) I'll think they're wrong, but they're probably more right than I am because, you know, they're historians and I work in a bank. (laughs) Should be more right than like Anastasia, which you were griping about so much. True, it's true. Nothing is as wrong as that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Fight me. Quick move on before she starts ranting again. Matt, let's uh, go to Penny Dreadful, please. (laughs) So we knew that Penny Dreadful ended and was getting a spinoff series titled City of Angels, and we have gotten some casting news for said series. Six new stars have been announced. Uh, Adam Rodriguez, who was in The Criminal Minds, Thomas Kretschmann from Avengers Age of Ultron, Lorenza Izzo, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Michael Gladys from Mad Men, Dominic Sherwood from Shadowhunters, and Ethan Peck from Star Trek Discovery. So that adds some of the cast we've already got, which includes Nathan Lane and Brent Spiner, as well as Natalie Dormer. Even though we're... What close to close to thirty years since the series finale of Next Generation? Mm-hmm. I still like think it's weird to see Brent Spiner as something other than other data. Yeah, yeah, yeah because I, that's forever who he is yeah. until the end of time. Maybe. I think of Data, and then I think of Puck from Gargoyles. Mm-hmm. Is he voiced? Mm-hmm. Ah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe you'll have a cat and carry him around for the series. Yeah, <laughs> must be named Spot. Yes, yes. I don't know. More casting news. This. Like, Penny Dreadful was awesome. This, I mean, the the number of names that are attached to this spinoff just continues to get better and better. Um, so, I'm intrigued to see what we get when this actually comes out. Like I had talked about earlier, Spider-Man Far From Home comes out next week. Um, and there's been some marketing. And Samuel L. Jackson is not too happy with some of the marketing. <laughs> because there's... Um, there's a poster that looks like it's swapped his eye patch, which is, it's clearly just that, like, the pose was just mirrored, yeah. you know? Uh, but 
Um, Samuel L. Jackson took to Twitter and he says, <laughs> "What in the actual f?" It's Samuel L. So he didn't just right. stop f. Um, <clears throat> is going on here? Hashtag uh, heads gone roll. Hashtag left eye mother. <laughs> the, the tweet is the best part yeah, about this whole thing. Here's the thing, <laughs> and I can bust out you know my tinfoil hat, but um, this is granted. Yes, this is Sony as well. It's not just Marvel on this one, but this is Marvel we're talking about. I don't think that they just accidentally did this. We've kind of talked before how like. There's speculation that the Nick Fury in this movie, at least the entire time, is not our Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Fury. Whether it's like alternate alternate universe, whether it's a chameleon, which has been rumored uh, multiple times, whether it's a scroll, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm if I were a betting man, I would say that this was completely done on purpose, and it, is just kind of a hint that's out there. That's true because Marvel. Yeah. So either that to... or somebody just messed up and they're mm-hmm. just like, oh crap. And they're like, hey Samuel, can you like make a joke out of this so we don't look like idiots for like five seconds? <laughs> yeah. Cause I guess nothing really did come out of the whole vision thing. Nope. Not a no. lot came out of a lot of their stuff. Like it's just been either they thought they were gonna do something, they had like some plan, and then it either fell apart or they were just like we have fired everyone in marketing like six times. <laughs> <laughs> can't get it together. <clears throat> so, um, flipping uh, flipping over from Marvel to DC, Matt, uh, who is getting a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Uh, our favorite crime fighter, Cape Crusader, Batman. So he's getting a bat star. Uh, maybe get a star signal bat. I'm never. I can't do that. Never mind. Part. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, so Batman is getting a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. There's apparently were hundreds of nominees uh, that were narrowed down. Some of the other people getting stars include for motion picture uh, Julia Roberts, Spike Lee, Mahershala Ali, and Chris Hemsworth. Uh, television stars Andy Cohen, Wendy Williams, Christina Applegate, and Terry Crews. <clears throat> and then musical stars 50 Cent. Alicia Keys, Billy Idol, and Tanya Tucker. Um, and then Billy Porter and comedian Dave Chappelle. How is Julia Roberts just now getting a star? That's my question. I'm looking at this list going, how are some of these people... Yeah. Like One like, of these things is nothing like the other. <laughs> Again. Well, well I guess Spike Lee, too, should be included in that list. Like, he should have yeah, already really? Like, why does Yeah, why does Spike Lee not have one? It's probably a conspiracy theory, guys. Yeah. I, I don't really understand. I, I kind of want to know the voting process. I mean, is this like, you know, baseball? Also, Tanya or, Tucker. Or, like, what is it, 1994? Like, where, where did she even go? I don't know. She'll be on Hollywood getting a walk, getting a star of fame Will here shortly. Because I, I thought she was dead, just to be real with you. I mean, she might be. Hold, <laughs> oh, please. Lydia's on the case. The uh, country music lover in the room should know this, you would think. Yeah, it just seemed like a very random amalgamation of people getting stars, and then Batman. Yeah, which kind of makes me wonder, like, who's going to be there for that presentation? Probably just somebody dressed up as Batman. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they'll get all the living people who have played Batman to come. Maybe it'll just be Michael Keaton because he's the only real Batman we need. 
and and yeah, Ten- Tanya Tiger is alive and apparently has a Twitter and is releasing new music tomorrow. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> so now we know what uh, what Lydia's going to be doing all all break, <laughs> listening to the new Tanya Tucker album. Um, what? So okay, so got a couple more stories. Uh, Marvel is announced or has announced that they are teaming with uh, theatrical publisher Samuel French. To offer three one-act plays featuring none other than Thor and Loki, Squirrel Girl, and Ms. Marvel. It's going to focus less on the visual effects of the hero's powers, but more on the, uh, quote, emotional journey that they undergo. The, uh, the official site for the program des- uh, describes the stories as being um, of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. You can get these with a license fee of $75 per performance for one play or uh, $125 per, per performance for two or more. If they had this when I was in high school, <laughs> it would have been awesome. Part of me wants to do this regardless, even though I'm in my mid-30s. I support you. Yeah. <laughs> Put up a Kickstarter. Exactly. See if we can... I mean, I can come up with $75. What do you only I should want? probably put up a Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> I started to say, do you only want one? What about options? Still more, why not? Yeah. Go, go for each. it. Go yeah. all out. I mean, go you, guys are gonna, home. you guys are going to have to do it with me, though. I mean, duh. Right? I assume that was part of it. That was our question. I would be offended if you didn't let us. <laughs> that would be awesome, though. <laughs> Geek Awakens presents. Yeah. I don't know if we'd be able to, like, film it and, like, you know, put it on YouTube or whatever. Hmm. Hmm. Before. Yeah, also, I'm not doing that. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, you'll do it as long as there's no evidence of it happening. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> perform it in somebody's living room here, sell tickets to, to yeah, the couch. Yeah, I do. Check your <clears throat> cell phones at the front door. Yeah. No recording devices. <laughs> I'll call you out about it. Stop in the middle of the performance. Yeah, like, excuse me, ma'am. Ma'am. <laughs> you need to put that down. Couch seat number three. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to step out of the theater. In my theater, I mean Mitch's living room. <laughs> you could totally do it. Yeah. We're going to have to move your TV. Uh, yeah, yeah have to move the TV. But, I mean, but yeah, like the hallway is a great like backstage area. Yeah. Yeah. We can put up a curtain. Yeah. yeah. Guys, we're doing this. Sweet. We are doing this. We can have one, two, three, four, five. We can have six guests. Yeah. Maybe and seven if someone looks Six witnesses. <laughs> And it tastes more like witnesses. Yeah. And at 20 bucks a pop, <laughs> we've just we paid, paid for our thing. Yeah. And you we got what? a little bit of profit. I'll even throw in some free popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, we're not taking time off to make the show better. We're taking time off to perform a play <laughs> in Mitch's living room. Now, are you going to like actually bring like a popcorn maker, or are you just going to use a microwave? I'm definitely just going to use a microwave. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Fair. Well, I'm not fancy. <laughs> Dude, I'm all about this. I'm all about this. Can we sell concessions then? Did you miss the part where I'm bringing popcorn? Well, I know you're bringing yeah, popcorn. I'm trying to upstage my popcorn. I'm, I'm not trying to upstage your popcorn, but we can make a little bit more money yeah. on this. But then when we need like food handler's license or something for this crap. I mean, I, I mean yeah. I, I feel like we do that. That's true. Yeah. I forgot about that. My, yeah. my, my alcohol handling license is kind of out of date. I need to get that renewed. So we just, but, so we just don't have open bar. I mean, I'm a pretty good wine pourer, yeah. but I'm going to charge like 10 glasses, 10 dollars. <laughs> 10 glasses a dollar? That's a good deal. <laughs> 10 glasses for a dollar. Uh, 10 dollars for a glass. Hmm. This is derailed. <laughs> Stop like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last story for, for a month. Um, Lydia, let's talk about this um, finger gun. 
Yeah, so... (laughs) I thought I said never. (laughs) Never in a long time. Apparently in Battlefield 5, there is, like, this little Easter egg where instead of having a weapon, you literally just have, like, a little finger gun. It's like you just hold up your hand like a gun. And as you're shooting, you have, like, little pew, pew, pew sounds instead of, like, bullets and all that. Which is totally cute and super fun! Until you go to reload. <coughs> and then you regret all of your life decisions. Because it literally looks like looks and sounds like they're breaking your hand. Oh. The they pull the index finger back out and then just grab your thumb and just yank it like almost back to your wrist and all you hear is oh. It's like, oh nope, nope. That's just a whole lot of nope. Oh. I mean, I appreciate where they were going with the design of this Easter egg. But was was the breaking of the hand necessary? But did the finger gun actually kill anybody in the game? Apparently it deals 10 damage, so it doesn't... <laughs> Not really. It doesn't do a whole lot of good, and if you die, you lose it. No. So, it's not very effective. <laughs> it's cute for a minute, and then you die mm. <laughs> with a broken hand. <laughs> I mean... You're too busy trying to reload. That Yeah, that's, yeah. that's probably how I would go. I mean, it's usually when I die in those games, too, is when I'm trying to reload. Yeah. And I feel like trying to reload that way is a little (laughs) more in-depth than... Like, I I appreciate what they were going for with, like, the slide and the pulling the hammer back with the, like, but, ow, that just, it hurts to think about. Nope. None of that. Nope. None of that. (laughs) All right, So. so... On that note, (laughs) um, that is all the time we have for this episode of Geek Awakens. We'll be back next month, but in the meantime, we'll be posting news on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so be sure to follow us there. Uh, While you're there, give us some feedback and tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Uh, From all of us at Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next month. Everybody, say bye. Bye. Bye.